Thank you, Chris. This meeting will last for 90 minutes. Each speaker will share for about 35 minutes. We will not open the floor for sharing in this Our first speaker is Brandon. I'm Brandon, I'm Nate. Um, my clean date is June 4th, 2012. Um, when I um, tell y'all how I got here, um, I'm here to share my my hope, my parents, hope, and strength. Um, I was I was raised up in a uh, single parent home with my mom. I was the only child until my brother came along in the future. Um, and I was, I was, um, I was one of those special, special needs kids, special ed kids, um, that, that's real slow at times. I was slow and I was slow learning in school and, and, um, I was raised up in a brickyard. Um, my family was, was very, um, we wasn't like close at all when I was growing up. We wasn't like real close. We was like, uh, this, it was like a dysfunctional family. Um, so when I got to when I got started school I got got around um some 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 bad well some kids I I I mean I was a kid myself but um we was, we was on this, uh, tape recorder, me and my partner, and we called ourselves rapping on it. And, and we, <laughs> we was cussing on, on the recording, and the principal got us into our office. You know, they used to have them paddles back then. Well, it wasn't no joke back then. Um, got expelled. I was going around different schools, elementary schools, and got kicked out of every elementary school until, um, I got to one elementary school. I was, I was a kid, um, my birthday was late. I started school real late, um, so 
I graduated from elementary school um, early. Um, then when I got to uh, middle school, that's when I started doing, hanging around a bunch of crowd, doing different types of drugs. Um, then I I graduated from middle school, went to high school. That's when the big dogs, you know, we started um, doing all types of stuff that, um, in high school, introduced to different type of drugs. Um, I never, when I got to high school, I never got suspended, but I always skipped class to go and do my thing. Um, this program says it's an honest program, you know, you got to be honest, honest, regardless of what is going on. Um, when I got out of high school, it was, it was, I mean, it was a danger zone for me. All I knew was the streets. I was raised up in the streets. I knew about the streets. You couldn't tell me nothing about, about the streets. Um, I know where to go get the dope. I know where, where it at. All times of night, day, whatever. Um, then I got addicted to, got addicted to sex. And when I was, uh, 19 years old, um, I was raped when I was 19 by, um, a guy, a man, um, about, Four, three months after I got raped, um, it comes to find out, um, I was HIV positive. And that was a hurt feeling. I went, I went to go and get high. I couldn't find no way out. Couldn't find my mama, she didn't understand. Um, my family, I couldn't go to my family and talk to them. So I, the only choice I had was go get high. Um, so after that, I finally went to go seek counseling to get help, you know. Um, back in, 2007, I went to rehab to get help. Now, this ain't my first rodeo. This is like my sixth rodeo. And, and I kept, I, I didn't, 
I didn't want this way of life. I kept going in and out, in and out, in and out. Cause I, I didn't, that's the only thing I know was to get high. So, this time around, I mean, I, I kept on, you know, they taught me, y'all taught me to, to call somebody, you know, and, and get some help, get, and talk to somebody, talk to somebody, you know, see what's going on with you. So they said, make me the 90 days, 90, 90. Um, I did that. Um, got a sponsor. Um, got a network. today is that I mean I'm I'm still struggling with this thing still fighting it um even though I have two years over two years under my belt I'm still learning you know I'm still trying to press on but you know my high power can help me through it as long as I pray and do my meditation in the morning um, what's going on with me today is that I have a, a lot of stress on, a lot of stressors, and I'm stressing about a lot of things, and I talked to my sponsor about them, and I talked to my network about it, but, I mean, I still don't get put in. I still don't put in. If I, if I have to call on my high power to help me and the people that's around me to talk to them and tell them what's going on with me, I won't have to put in. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still struggling, y'all. I know I'm still struggling. I I need I need help because I'm I'm still new to this program, and y'all people that help me that can help me through it. Um, what what I'm doing today in my recovery is um. I'm doing a lot of service work to help me stay clean. Um, I'm at the area level, the Greater Birmingham area level, and also I do the region, the Fund the Sun Committee and Secretary. I have a home group. Um, I'm a secretary of my home group. And also, I do H and I. Um, yeah, I, I want this for a life. Cause out there, it's it's nothing to play with. Cause 
I really enjoy this way of life, and it, it helps me. It helps me to better my life. Because they have a book out there that says, The Journey Continues. And I read upon it, you know, and it's sharing my story in that book. And I read my literature. I mean, I call my sponsor every day. Even though my sponsor don't pick up the phone, I still have a network I can call on to help me, you know, um, I mean, I, I, I go to the other fellowship, I attend the other fellowship, um, I go to the other fellowship every, every week, every Sunday, um, I'm, I'm grateful that I have friends in this program that understand me, what I'm going through. And, yeah, I'm just grateful for this program. And, Today, I'm, I'm, I'm still struggling with some stuff, you know. I'm, like, really afraid to, to share some stuff with people, you know, because people, you know, they, you know, people talk, but, you know, it's just, I'm stressing over it because, you know, you have to be real careful with sharing the rooms because it'll get around quickly. Um, I mean, I still have, I'm still, I'm still dealing with depression issues also, man. I'm trying to, I'm working on that today. I'm, I'm working on my depression today. Um, God working on me. Um, I'm, I'm just so grateful for these rooms of Narcotics Anonymous and, and the people that support me throughout this journey. Um, I've been through the, the, the 12 steps, worked on 12 steps. I'm going back through them with my sponsor. Cause there's some, there's some stuff that still is going on in my life that I have to work on. Um, I'm still, I'm working on, back on my fourth step. Cause I, I have some resentments towards some people, to be honest. 
and I have to make amends to them people that that I hurt and I harm. Um, and it's yeah, I'm nervous as hell. Okay. <laughs> all good, baby. All good. Um. Um. It's yeah. It, it's very hard. It's very hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> um. Y'all, I'm very grateful for y'all, and I never was taught how to love nobody, you know, but this program taught me how to love everybody, you know, um, whatever, I have to get some acceptance, you know, whatever comes my way, I have to accept it, you know. Um, acceptance is the key. And, and I had to learn the hard way. Um, 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 I'm just, y'all. Yeah, I'm very, I'm so, I'm so, so, so grateful for these rooms and Narcotics Anonymous. And y'all give me hope today, man. And y'all give me a hope shot to, to continue this journey. And y'all taught me how to, y'all taught me how to live. Y'all taught me how to, how to be a man in these rooms. And I had to learn all that stuff. And, y'all, I'm only 29 years old. I just turned 29 last week. Um, and I didn't know how to, you know, I'm pretty grateful for these rooms, man, because, and just thankful to be around y'all. Y'all, y'all give me so much, uh, encouragement. Y'all give me hope, man, to, to stay this way. Stay this way. Because I still have some learning to do. I still have some growing up to do. And y'all, I'm, I'm so grateful, man. I read, I read my meditation in the morning time. I read my inning meditation. The meditation is, it helps me. Whatever I'm going through, what I'm going through, it, it says directly in the meditation what I feel that day and it helps me throughout that day. And, um, I have sponsees. Um, 
They don't call me on the regular, but I call them, you know. They don't call me, I call them. Regardless, if they need my help, I'm there because I'm very helpful at helping other people. Y'all taught me how to help people. So I try to help people best of my ability. Um, service work. And I do a lot of service work. Um, whatever you need me to do, I do. Um, I just lost my job. And it's, and it's hard, you know, because at first I went on come, you know, but God made a way for it. Um, but I'm, I'm still struggling. Still struggling, to be honest. I'm still struggling. Um, um, also, oh, let me, let me go back. I said, I, um, I sold dope on the streets. Um, it was, It's all, um, it's how I can get my money by selling dope. And whatever I needed, I got it. And, and I love, I, I love women. Um, my lifestyle. Um, be honest, I'm a, I'm a gay black man, be honest, um, I have to find acceptance in myself that I'm a gay black man, and I'm proud to be a gay black man, um, um, Some people, you know, can't find acceptance in a gay black man. Um, if you, if I even, it'd be hard for me to even come out and, you know, come out and share my lifestyle because other people can't accept the way I am. It's just the way I am. Accept the fact, you know. Um, um, I love this well life. Um, y'all, I'm about to cry because I'm just. I never, I never cried in the room, y'all. It was hard for me to even cry because I felt ashamed what people don't say about me as a man crying. But, um, 
y'all is family to me. I can cry and cry on your shoulders. I mean, y'all there for me. Um, I was raised up where you can't cry. You know, um, you have to suck it up like a man. You got to do this. But when I got the room to Narcotics Anonymous, y'all taught me how to, to let that pain go. You got to relieve that pain. If you don't let that pain go, you're going to either go back out or, or just die. Um, I'm very, I'm so, once again, y'all, I'm so grateful, man, to be alive. I'm grateful to be living amongst y'all. Most my NA friends, family. I call y'all my family because y'all is my family. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful to be here and thank y'all for letting me share. <laughs> topic today is loneliness and isolation and um i'm grateful for that topic um because i had a different topic but they changed it based on what i was going through and see for today i can say i'm grateful that i'm on the other side um because i was going through a divorce i was going through children's illness i was not making meetings i was switching sponsors i had had various sponsors that i was having I, I was, I had already had trust issues. And when you didn't live up to my expectation of what I thought a sponsor was supposed to be, because I remember when I first came around, it told me a sponsor is another recovering addict, uh, with suggested year more clean time that has the knowledge, working knowledge of the 12 steps, 12 divisions, and hopefully the 12 concepts. Um, and I say that they can suggest it year more, because depending on where you live, if you live in West Bubble, you may not be able to find a sponsor every year more clean time. You know, however, if they have a working knowledge of the 12 steps, 12 traditions, they can guide you through that process. And I remember when I first came around, I had, I had stuck with, you know, some, some, some of the winners, and basically I stuck with people that had jewelry, you know, uh, cause I was, I got clean in New York. So, you know, jewelries and, and nice clothes and things like that. And for me, see, I, my story is it's the, at the end, I'm living in an abandoned building, 118 pounds, smoking crack, pulling, pulling um, scrap metal. Um, and I was truly, truly a derelict. Um, so when I got clean, 
you know, it was a point of me looking, dressing up the outside until the inside felt better. You know, and, and I, I need to let y'all know, I did not take the suggestion, one of the most important suggestions of Narcotics Anonymous is don't make any major decisions your first year. Man, I had about eight months in jumping to a relationship. And that relationship lasted all the way into 2010. See, and I need to let y'all know, it's by me jumping into that relationship, what I did was I made him my sponsor, I made him my power to be, I made him my everything, and I truly had, was already in a codependent relationship. I knew nothing about Lisa. But I do remember is that one of the things that motivated me to getting in this relationship, and see, I can't blame it on him, because I'm not a victim, I'm a volunteer. Because I saw the signs, I saw the symptoms, the God of my understanding gave me a moment of clarity and I made a decision to bypass and said I'll fix it. You know, I had my little duct tape and I had, I got my kit. Listen, I'm about to build a man. You're a good man. You're a good one. It's just, we need to tweak this. Tweak that. And if we're working on this, and we pray over that, you'll be perfect. See, but the, the whole thing was is that I was trying to fix him, but I, I was too busy focusing on him and his brokenness that I did not identify my own. And it wasn't until the relationship ended is that I realized exactly how much in the fetal position I was in. See, and I say that because I remember in the beginning of the relationship with him, I was living in what they call the SRO, single room occupancy in New York. And... um. I remember going into the compulsion and the obsession to use, but I wasn't using drugs because I knew when I got clean, I immediately joined it, no matter what. Bro. Your ass fall off, no matter what, don't use If your ass fall off, pick it up, bring it to a meeting. We're going to show you how to store it back on. We're going get to you, get it together, but do not use no matter what. So that in my mind was already set and embedded. I was not going to use no matter what. See, but I had no knowledge of what the disease of addiction can do. The disease of addiction drugs was just a symptom. I had the compulsion and obsession to use, and I used anything, everything, and nothing, depending on how I wanted to feel, what I was trying to cover up, what pain was I trying to mask in the moment. And see, I remember going into a stalker mode with him. He didn't know it. Thank God there was no caller ID then. Because I'm telling you, I kid you not, I had one quarter and every 12 minutes, if not less, I would go to the paper and I would call him. I would call him, he didn't, he didn't answer. He didn't answer me. So I'm, I'm going to go back to my room. And see, and I start the pacing and going back and forth and back and forth. And I take it, and I'm home And I still get to me. He, and see, and then I start going up in my head, he must be with that bitch. Whoever that bitch might be, because he was fooling around all kinds of females up in the program. Because I wasn't unique. You know, I thought I was. But I was all up in my head, and I remember a day where I was in the fetal position. And I was so lonely. And so isolated, because I had stopped making meetings, because I started to make him my God. He started replacing everything that the program told me to do, the 90 meetings, 90 days, me make it, make it, call your sponsor, give me a network. I stopped talking to my network. I dropped my sponsor. I stopped making meetings. I made him my everything and my all. And the, and when I found myself by myself, not having 
the ability, and it talks about the coping skills. My coping skills was no longer effective. And I was living in that moment of desperation, the isolation, and loneliness. I found myself rocking and crying, not saying to myself, I'm not going to use no matter what. But that pain. And see, the program tells you that when you're in pain like that, call somebody. Instead of taking that little quarter and going to stalk him over with him, I should have called my sponsor. No, I call him because he could fix it. You know, I'm working on him and he's going to help me fix my problem. See, because for me, the relationship was not unconditional. As long as I can fix you and I want you, this is the, the kicker, you going to stay here with me. Because I don't want to be abandoned, I don't want to be alone, I don't want to fix me, I don't want to do anything. If I take the time to invest in you, you can't go nowhere. So now I didn't held you hostage. Because I don't want to deal with loneliness and isolation. Because I'm afraid that if you leave me, I just might die. See, but the disease will tell you that it's way too much pain for you to go through. So you got to cover it up with something. And see, I stayed in this relationship trying to fix him for 16 years. Y'all need to know Update, he ain't fixed yet. I done ran out of duct tape, glue, Gorilla Glue. I done, I, all the tools that I had, nothing fixing because you know what? If nothing changes, nothing changes. If he didn't want to change, he wasn't going to change despite what I did or how much I loved on you. You know, and I got a resentment behind that. And see, then in reality, again, the God of my understanding gave me another moment of clarity because it got to a point where I started feeling a darkness in my spirit. And see, for me, that tells me I'm edging my way back to the drug. Because now I'm depressed. Now I'm bitter. Now I'm angry. And see, again, I'm still working with those ineffective coping <coughs> skills because guess what? I did not go back to making meetings. I still didn't get a sponsor. I still I didn't use. But my basic tanks got dust. I have no network. So what the hell do I do with these ineffective coping skills, skills and these lonely feelings? And now I'm lonely and I'm isolated. Who am I going to tell this? Because now I'm embarrassed. Because here it is. I got 17 years in the program. See, and I should know better. See, clean time don't equal recovery. Because even though I was accumulating days clean, I was not recovering. My recovery ceased to exist because I was not working the program. I was merely getting by. See, but then when the shit hit the fan, when I got sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of him and not fixing him and him not doing right, I let him go. Now, it was a process because I let him go. I took him back. I let him go. I took him back. I let him go. I took him back. Because somewhere in my mind told me I could still fix him some kind of way. Maybe we just need time apart. But in the process, I had got all kinds of, you know, they talk about the five stages of grief. And I went through those five stages every time I let him go. I was angry. I was bargaining. I was in denial. You know what I mean? And then it finally got to one of the parts where when I got to the other side, I was in acceptance. I had accepted that this is just what the power to be like. And when he was gone for the last time, because no longer was the feeling there, I found myself by myself. See, and it reminded me 
it reminded me of, you know, when they tell you you go and you use, you pick up right where you left off. And when I let him go, I picked up right where the hell I left off in that fetal position, lonely, with ineffective coping skills. And I thought I was going to die. I went to a depression that lasted for like two years. Two years, because I didn't know what to do, how to do it. How do I go on with him? Out him? He was the one that put the garbage out. He did all these things. I can't do it. There ain't nobody going to want me. Look at me. I'm straight funny. I felt like I'm in the color purple. You know, I'm looking funny, I'm shaped funny, don't nobody want me. You know, I started, you know, comparing myself to other people's outside. He ain't, ain't nobody gonna want me sexually. I don't know how to do this. And I, I, I started telling myself I wasn't good enough for anybody. So I remained in my brokenness and I remained in that lonely, isolated state. See, but then the program still, is still there. It says, you know what, get up and make a move. The funny thing about it, I clear out how I started going back into the program and how I started to get back on track is I was cleaning out my shed and I happened to find my old basic tag, the fifth edition. And I, I and I seen some phone numbers in there. I said, I wonder if these people still got the same number. <laughs> and I just called them. Come, come, you know, and quite a few of them disconnected. But I actually got some money who was from my old. And she put me in touch with my old sponsor. And my, my old sponsor put me in touch with reality. She said, get your ass in She said, I'm in New York. You in North Carolina. Only thing I can do is talk to you over the phone and we can pray. She said, but you need to get back to me. And I started making meetings again. And I realized that in that moment, no, everything was not fixed. He did not come back. You know, um, we wasn't trying to work it out again. But I felt home. I still had that darkness in my spirit because I was, I had isolated myself so bad it was like a point of shame for me to go back into the meeting and tell y'all I didn't do no step work. I ain't had a sponsor in so many years. I don't know what the principles are in any step because immediately eight months after I got clean, I made him my sponsor. <coughs> he wasn't working no step. He put me on a pedestal. You know, now we got one broke person, another broke person trying to fix something. You know, um, and it didn't work. So for me, I'm grateful because I didn't use, I did, well, one suggestion is that I got in no matter what club. You know, everything else I bypassed because I thought I knew and I thought I could handle. I need to let y'all know today, today, I am just coming out of my shell as far as my loneliness. And today I also realized that in the process of going through those feelings in the fetal position of being lonely and isolated, I also realized I had an underlying mental illness and was able to get the help for that. You know, um, I was no longer in denial about needing medication and only wanting to be talk therapy. You know, um, today I make me, today I show up, I have a home group, I have a sponsor that I utilize. I have people in my network, and I sh and I participate not only in my own recovery, but in others. Because for me, I've learned that for me to get out of that lonely, isolated state, I have to give back. Because as soon as I stop giving back, then I make it all about me. I forget about the we process. I forget about the unity. 
You know, I, I it's a lot of days I still got to turn around and I got to surrender some things and I got to get some courage to move to the next part of it. But today I'm on the other side and I, lo and behold, my head didn't fall off. I didn't die because I was alone. I didn't die. I almost died and I died spiritually. But physically I didn't die and I was able to get through that process. Um... Today, I, I'm at a point where I'm working with the three, first three steps that I can't, he can, and I'll let him. Because I'm still in the process. I'm fighting. I think I'm angry with God. Because I've had some things go on in my life to where I find it difficult to pray. And I know that the God of my understanding is there for me. It's just, and I have to look at what's blocking me from being there. What's blocking me from talking to him? And I keep thinking about this anger that I may have with him. So I'm isolating actually from my God of my understanding. I'm not reaching out. I'm not utilizing the God of my understanding or talking to him and praying and meditating the way I could be. Um, so that's just something else for me to look at today to get, again, out of that isolation. Because if I leave it to my own devices, I will tell myself that I don't need anybody else. And I will try to do it by myself, and then I will become overwhelmed, frustrated, angry, and then I'll become even more isolated because now I can't go to you, shame and guilt will tell me. I can't go to you and tell you that I tried to do it my damn self and I fucked up. Because then I got to admit to you that I was dead. I have to admit that I'm still working on self-will. And see, for me, my ego will push up and play. Said, no, do you know I have 18 years, 20, uh, 11 months, and 23 days? Do you know I don't need you to tell me what to do? And I got to keep it real simple some days. And remember that obviously my best damn thinking got me in the fetal position. Maybe I need to listen to somebody else. You know, and I was listening to Brandon over here talking about how he was slow. You know, and, and I don't see nothing slow about you, bro. You know, um, you're 29 years old. I wish I, I, I would have found the program a lot faster than that. But I, I appreciate that because it reminded me of when I was in school as well. And that was another part of my loneliness. It's because I went from being mainstream classes to say put me in special ed because of my behavior. And that right there, I felt isolated from everyone else. Because I felt like I was, I did not belong there. I felt like even in my brokenness already, I was feeling more broken because now you stick it out. You know, um, and when I think back and I sit back and I look at today's isolation for me is nothing new. Today's loneliness for me is nothing new. I remember doing the same thing, sitting on the porch when we was growing up because my parents you know, I come from a household where it was an alcoholic. And I remember we going outside. And my sister had friends. And my brother had friends. And, and I would sit on the porch and I would look at them and I would smile. And it was kind of like looking through a brick wall with a little box. And I remember they said, well, come on. No, I can't come. Because I never felt like I fit in. I never felt like I belonged or I could be a part of society without someone thinking I'm weird, without someone thinking I'm strange or I'm slow or I'm sick or I'm funny or I'm stupid, you know, 
or, or, or anything negative, I would always think that if I tried to make a friend that you were going to judge me and not be my friend. And see, and I still go through that today. And a lot of times in Narcotics Anonymous, I talk to people and I smile and I hug and all of that good Gucci shit and I get your phone up and best and believe I won't call you any. And it's not because I did not find you interesting, nice and helpful and maybe you had something that I wanted. It's not that I did not want to talk to you. It's that I couldn't. And I still fight with that today. You know, I still feel that if I get too close to you, you just might find out what my thing is that is so ugly and deep and messed up about me that you won't want to be in my And as I sit here and I talk to the God of my understanding has a way of working things out because that just told me why I don't talk to God. Because I really don't think that I deserve to talk to God. I'm fucked up so much. Why would he want to talk to me? You know, um, but that's my personal shit. That ain't God's thing. That's me. And that's something I'm realizing today is that I hold myself hostage in my own mind, in my own world. Not because I'm not worthy of having my self-worth tells me I'm not worthy. Because I realized today I'm a good person, kind. So you ask me for some money. <laughs> I can cook, kind of, when I feel like it. I can be there for you. I can show love. But I'm afraid that today if I show you love, my love for you will not be unconditional. I'm afraid that if I let you get too close to me, you might find out that I am all those ugly things that I think I am. Or you may actually find something good about me that you may tell me that I'm not going to believe. But I can't take that risk of you finding out anything about me. I got to come up here and profound and awesome and good and all these things, you know. And, and But I can't tell you what my real fear is. My real fear is, as much as I like people, I'm scared to death of them. You know, I can say I held on to my ex for so long just because he knew all my grimy little secrets. And I knew all of his. And he didn't use it as a weapon against me, and I felt he was the only friend I had. And so when I let that relationship go, it was like I didn't have nobody else. I have a sister. When I talk to her, the sisters can be biased. I'm just saying. You know, they may not, they have a tendency to take on the mama figure for some reason. You know, um, so I can't tell her today, right now, in this moment, I'm scared to death. Because my, my left breast has been hurting for a week and I don't have medical insurance. I can't tell her that. I can't tell y'all that. Because the suggestions you're going to give me is go to the doctor, do this, that, and the other. And I want to live in my fear right now. You know, I can't take the risk of being vulnerable because I've been hurt before. So I isolate. I become very, I, I become very, and when I isolate, I, I become lonely because I want that relationship with other people. 
See, but then I realized that when I become lonely, I become stupid. Because then I start to act out of fear, and then I start to act out of desperation. So then I accept some things that are not conducive to my recovery. Because I don't want to be alone. And see, just for today, I'm learning and I have to remind myself, no matter how lonely I get, the program says, halt. Don't get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And when I see myself getting lonely, I need to do something besides reach out for what I'm accustomed to. I need to do something different. And um, I need to tell somebody I'm lonely because I'm not unique, you know. But I can't reach for that donut that I want from Dunkin' Donuts with the hot chocolate with the extra on because I'm diabetic. I can't get four of those because I'm lonely. I can't smoke four cigarettes back to back because I'm lonely. I can't ride all the gas out my vehicle going absolutely no damn way in today's economy and I don't have a job. I can't do those negative things and I definitely do not have to go and pick up somebody and accept their unacceptable behavior and belittle in, in myself any further when I'm lonely. Today I'm learning that just for today I can do things differently. I don't have to use and I call my sponsor. I make 90 meetings in 90 days. I did a 90-90 again. And I get better with picking up and talking to people on the phone. And see, for today, I needed to get real honest with you with where I'm at. Um, because it's real important to me. Because if I can come up here and I can show both and tell y'all some real good shit. But when I leave here, I still be feeling the same way. Thanks for letting me shoot. Oh, Lord Jesus, we got 23, two more minutes. Okay, okay. I'll put different. Let me I'm sharing. You got 11 minutes, huh? 11 minutes. Oh, I'm getting 11 minutes. And I'm an, I'm an addict. Um, I haven't talked. I need to talk about where I'm at today. I actually, I was telling y'all I had lost my job uh, on October 28th, and I actually found a job. And I started work on Tuesday. And what I do is I'm certified peer support specialist. And uh, so that's working with mental health and recovering addicts just like me. And um, this is like way new for me. I'm excited about it, but I'm scared because I have one of my clients, and um, I saw a lot of me and her, and a part of me wants to try to fix her, but that's not my job, um, and I'm just, uh, I'm real excited about the opportunity because when I got lost my job, I, I still had a piece about, even though I was broke, I still had a piece about not really looking for a job, and that was... You know, I didn't go into a panic mode. And um, 
I just need to let y'all know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared because I, I, I did mostly customer service and phone for the majority of my recovery, so I don't know nothing about being peer support. And, and, and I didn't, like I was saying, I, I didn't make too many meetings and had too many people in my life to be those peer support specialists. You know, even in recovery, um, so like a part of me is is is, is scared that I'ma break these people. I don't know how you can break people that are already in for help, but I'm afraid that I'm gonna break them. You know, by giving them misinformation or not being able to help them because I haven't been working the program. You know, um when I was sitting there I was trying to do the paperwork and I felt so stupid looking at this clinical paperwork and uh see that's part of for me that's part of my makeup for right now because um i'm in the process of working on that that can change is that whenever i'm faced with something that's new um i immediately tell myself i can't do it i'm stupid i become overwhelmed and then i shut down like for me right now i've been working on my website for my own business for over a year because i felt i was stupid i couldn't do it and i shut down you know, um, and then I lose the motivation and I lose the drive to do it. And that's, for me, that's, that's real, that's a real pain in the ass to do that because my mind tells me I really want to continue to do it. So what part of this barrier can I overcome so I can continue? You know, and the funny thing about it is that the business that I established and opened, because I had two clients and they're friends, um, it's about helping recovering addicts, people with mental illnesses, credit reporting, and things of that nature. And it's like, it's weird for me to want to go into that field and not know anything about that field and have a drive for it and being the God of my, uh, uh, God of my um, understanding open up an opportunity for me to learn it. Because I only put in one application and that was to that one place that called me back. And, um, which is giving me the experience I need for my own business. But it's like, I don't know how and where and even what to tap into to move forward. As far as like continuing on that path with the same enthusiasm, the same passion. See, and for me, that's how I knew I was in a blackened state and I, my spirit was darkened because I'm a passionate person. When I love something, I love it. If I don't like it, I just don't like it, and I'm passionate about not liking it, too. You know, you can't give me no okra and tell me that it's sweet pea. I'm just not going for it. You know, um, but when I do something, I put my all into it, and it's like this, this blockage, and that's what I'm gonna call it today, I'm gonna name it that. It's preventing me, and I don't, it's in my mind, somewhere, and it's surrounding something, um, from my past, that's preventing me from going to the next step. It's like I've done everything regarding the business except for completing the web page. And I know once I complete the web page, it's on accomplishment. You know, um, and at that point, I'll be able to take class because I have all the licenses and blah, 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 and all the forms that they need to fill out and all the assessments. And I have all these things. I've created all these things. But it's like now I'm Get to depth to take 
a client outside of my friend. <laughs> and I don't know where that left that about. You know, um, so I just figured I'd share that and let you know where I was at with that. Um, as far as, you know, anything else, the relationship that I was in <laughs> is over, but he's still fooling around with somebody else, still trying to get back with me. But today I don't have to accept that. I'm, a lot, I'm worth a lot more than that. You know, and <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let you, I'm going to tell y'all a little story. I did go on a first date a few weeks ago. And it was hilarious. You know, um, person I went out with is in recovery. Got like nine years. And, um, he asked me to pick him up. I picked him up and then he starts telling me about how he's living in a hotel, right? With a roommate. And his roommate takes care of him and she's a panhandler. And, and I'm like, you okay with that, huh? And he continues on and then he starts telling me about how he's uh he's been traumatized so he doesn't perform certain sexual acts because he's been traumatized and 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 I I had to think I say, Well, is this what's out there? Is this what and the only thing I had only thing I had said to him was nice pick on Facebook and it started this whole dilemma of <laughs> See, now I'm afraid of Facebook. <laughs> I'm afraid to hit like, nice, anything. You know, because after this particular dilemma, it's like, and then this person went back to the rooms and told them I was crazy. You live in the shelter, you know, with someone who panhandles, and the panhandler is taking care of you, and you flip your food stamps, and you're not working, you don't have a job, and and I'm the one great. So, and I'm not gonna lie, I, 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 um, I acted out on that one. No, I ain't beat no ass, and I'm like that. See, because the type of person I am, see, I'm too, I'm too much of a punk to go out there and fight. Cause I'm old now, I might shift something in the wrong direction, and I'm just not gonna, and it, it wouldn't be the fact that I would lose the fight that would be embarrassing. It would be the fact that I have to go back home and probably go to the to the emergency room, not because this person beat my ass, but because I had to put back into place whatever it is I thought shifted out of place during this fight. See, and that would be the embarrassing part for me. Um, but I wound up seeing this person he was talking about. He panhandles right over there where I live at, and um, and the person I am in that moment, I asked him on behavior, and I drove up to her and I asked her, "Seriously, do you know so and so?" She was like, yeah, he's told me so much about you. And then I stopped. See, and I say that I acted out on behavior because in my mind I knew exactly what was going to play out. She was going to tell him that a lady in the red car came over there looking for him. Because he, it was my understanding, he said he wasn't sleeping with her, but he had shared before the meeting that he was. So I knew that she was going to contact him, and when she contacted him, he was going to contact me, and it was going to be a chain reaction, and it was, bored. in my mind, it was one of those gotcha moments. You know, um, see, and I need to tell on myself, because when I, when I don't, when I don't, I started thinking that doing shit like that is cool. And I, um, I'm not going to lie, I laughed for like a good hour after, after he called me. And so my sponsor, but I need to keep telling y'all this because um 
that wasn't really cool. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't really cool that I did that. I could have did something different. Okay. Thank you, Angela. Thank you, Sharon. Let us close this meeting by stating the two traditions. Anonymity is the foundation of all our traditions. Never mind us to place principles before personalities. Serenity prayer. God grants the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Just for today. Thank you. I was running out of stuff to say after that. Right? <laughs> you just threw me under the bus, Mike. I threw you under the bus. You're supposed to stay under the bus. You're not supposed to come from under the bus and throw me back under the bus. <laughs> I don't got no pain. You throw me back under the bus. You stay under the bus.